Okay, with Laurie Chandler, the Society for Paranormal Healing is the short film. Uh, I would describe this as a very funny film about friendship with the, the paranormal attached to it. But really, it's a film about like these two people trying to trying to connect and trying to make make sense of this crazy life that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the afterlife we live in. Um, we live in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Whatever dimension, you know. But um, in, in the afterlife. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, like in terms of like paranormal activities or just like afterlife in terms of like, like well, both, I guess, like both. that, that like you made a film about this. Of course, it's yeah. a comedy, but like, obviously, there must be some attraction towards it that you believe yeah. that their spirits are coming down and our love our loved ones who passed away. Yeah, I mean, I. Well, I'm going to quote Dumbledore right now um, when he's like the ones we love never truly leave us. Right. So I do believe that like people's memories live with our memories of people live within us. Um, and that keeps them alive in a way um, in terms of actual ghosts. I'm like pretty convinced. OK, yeah, no, I believe in ghosts, but um, it's like not the most like cool scientific thing to say. Um, people think you're a little like, like, um, strange or new agey if you're like, no, ghosts are real, man. But like, yeah. I mean, it's, I, why not? I mean, it's like, it makes, it kind of makes sense to me. Um, and, um, yeah, like growing up, I was like, sort of like, a tr like I was always into, into funny things and like comedy and being a little ham. And, but then at the same time, I was really interested in like um, uh, the sort of the the dark side of that. Like, um, like I, I always wanted to like have a picnic in a graveyard. And my mom was like, no, <laughs> why do you want to do that? I've always been very interested in sort of the um, the dark versus light, life and death and like that whole dichotomy. It's I mean, I guess everyone is to some extent because that's like. Is it, we're getting very deep very fast, but yeah. like, here we go. No, but at the um, same time, like tone-wise, this is a comedy, yeah. right? So when you're writing yeah. the script, it's 26 minutes long. Mm -hmm. So you wrote the screenplay. Like when you were writing it, did you know this is, I'm making this, I'm turning this into a film. Like, is, like was that yeah. a brain? Yeah, yeah. So initially it was like, um, like just supposed to be like a, maybe like a 10 to 12 minute film that was, um, because I'm more used to writing sketches and, and comedy type things, you know, character work and, and uh, comedic plays and things like that. Um, so I was like, eh, you know, like I, I really had been wanting to make a film, but I, I wanted to sort of ease into it. So I had to convince myself that it was just going to be like this like small scale thing and like get some of my comedy friends together and like, uh, you know, write this, write this sort of uh, short script that, you know, wasn't uh too big of a deal but mm -hmm. then like um as is want to happen with me it got uh very big very fast yeah. <laughs> in terms of like it got longer it got a lot of um you know a bigger cast it got um you know uh Annie Hart's amazing score and like a lot of people involved and so like it was really um yeah, it got, it was, def it definitely turned out to be like more than I intended going in, but I yeah. think I had to sort of convince myself that it wasn't going to be that, or I would have been too intimidated.
Gotcha. Yeah. So then, no, it's it's like almost about like uh, you don't know too. It's like not knowing too much, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just want to jump right into it. Like, tell me about because your opening sequence, your opening titles is about two minutes long. Yeah. Which is interesting for a short film. It's like one forty-five. So tell me about was that always like when you're filming the uh, making the film? Was that always on your mind to make opening seat to do that opening sequence? Yeah, I mean, we went through like about 26 major revisions of the script, but like the the two things that stayed sort of not exactly the same, but were always there in every uh, draft were the um, the opening sequence with the PowerPoint and then the um, commercial towards the end. And in between that, like so many things changed, you know, all these different characters, all these different things. But yeah, the. Um, I just, I just think there's something inherently hilarious about PowerPoints and like cheesy transitions. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for that. Like Xanadu is one of my favorite movies. And one of the best things about it is these Venetian blind transitions they do. It's just yeah. so funny. Um, so yeah, like, like that was always a big part of it. Um, uh, in terms of like the, the, um, like what the slide said or or how we explained the story those things changed a little bit um initially they um it was about three girls who had uh lived in a cult and one of their friends was possessed and that's why they started yeah the, the society um but yeah over time it, it evolved into what it is now yeah no because the powerpoint is like a is like a i don't know if you ever worked in the corporate environment where it's oh, like yeah. every corporate job has like this crazy 10 minute uh powerpoint uh conversation that that just basically is like it's just like it just so we all had that kind of connection and then the contrast is like these two characters mm-hmm. that are so like not in the norm i guess right like they're mm-hmm. just kind of zany and they're not they don't really uh connect so the, tell me about the two the two um the two actors because they're phenomenal and then like there's oh. obviously you're, obviously your dialogue is very dry and the humor wise the tone wise it's very hard to like execute that in terms of performance so tell me about the two actors that you grabbed yeah absolutely so um uh anya uh played by molly dinsmore she's been a friend of mine for like like over a decade now like i think 10 or 11 years um we met in a sketch group um we're, <laughs> i think we were like there was it was like 10 it was like eight dudes and then us so we kind of like banded together and we're like um yeah we just became really fast friends and so um i'm very familiar with like her uh and delivery and her like ability to uh bring these kind like what she brings to a role what she brings to a script um so i was i was really excited to um kind of write it around her sensibilities um her role and then um, Anna is a little bit more based on me, um, slightly. Um, and then I got, um, I had seen Camille Theobald, who, uh, plays Anna at, um, doing standup. Uh, and she was just like, she had such a, like a sweetness and a brightness to her where it was like, an um, this, this sort of, um, innocence but joy and I was like oh that's kind of what Anna is like she's kind of like you know this this innocent sweet person that's just very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and so like it really just worked out wonderfully with them 
And I mean, I couldn't have asked for like a better cast and a better crew it, and the creative, everyone was like, it's, it was so um, incredible how it all came together with everyone yeah. really giving a thousand percent. But that was like something I really thought about a lot going into it was like the environment I wanted to create on set. Um, because like, I, I'm like, I wanted everyone to be very gung ho and very into it and excited about the scripts and excited about, you know, what they were going to do that day, because I think that really translates to the film. You can, hopefully you can see that everyone's having fun and like, it's good energy, <laughs> yeah. you know? But there's like, so the, the give, I know a hundred percent. Cause you could, it's like, it's not the conventional film, right? So people have mm -hmm. to be convinced that, that it's, this film is working. Yeah, because some of the the dialogue and the shooting style is like is 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 unconventional. So yeah, like so. But tell me, did you guys um, did you guys rehearse like in terms of tone? I'm just curious about how you nailed that that kind of style because like yeah. it's consistent throughout, which makes you makes your film successful. But it could go really off the rails. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good question. I love that. Um, I think. Yeah, I think that we, we, well, we did a lot of like Zoom table reads um, and things like that. Uh, and I met with, I met with Molly and Camille um, before I'd even cast the rest of the film and, and really worked with them a lot. Um, but I mean, to be honest, like everyone was um, cast for their role so specifically that I think they it's it's a lot of credit goes to the actors for their performances for sure. So you know um, everybody you you had a connection with everybody before filming started. Not no um well no yeah I I mean I'd seen Camille but I didn't really know her on a personal level yet um and I didn't know I didn't know anyone else yeah I just kind of found them um some of them had worked with Molly before and she recommended people and then just like I, uh, yeah, going through like different, um, like comedy venues and, and things like that, trying to find people that sort of fit. Yeah. Um, and we were just really lucky. Um, and so, um, but in terms of, yeah, maintaining the tone, I, uh, I think it, this is going to sound sort of pretentious, but stay with me. <laughs> um, I feel like it's, it's this thing of, um, when I'm writing, it's, it feels sort of like writing music in the sense that like it's rhythmic and it, um, you know, when you're first writing a first draft, it's sort of finding the melody. And then, and then eventually like at the end of this process, you have the whole orchestra, right? But it's like um, the, the actors and, and everyone involved really was, you know, playing their instruments perfectly. And I yeah. sort of just conducted it. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, I, I think it was, it was just having continual conversations and meeting with them a lot. And, um, also just knowing kind of what their, what their bits are, you know, like what their energy is. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. And tell me, so tell me about the production design because mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, like, uh, it's like a time, I think it's like kind of like a Wes Anderson where he always tries to make it kind of like timeless like we don't know where we are in, in yeah. terms of era a lot of like because you, know, you got the phone on the wall and it's like wood paneling so we're almost like in the 80s or 90s but yeah, yeah. Of like your production design like was like everything very conscious for you and like where did you end up shooting most of your most yeah. of your film um yeah so 
we um it very much so that was like written into both the script and like the sort of pitch deck mood board thing that i created uh after writing the first draft because uh yeah i mean my favorite directors are wes anderson and like hitchcock and (laughs) (laughs) you know like these very precise people um uh and hal ashby i love peter bogdanovich you know like people that that uh have this very i mean our tour kind of vibe right going back to the 70s hell oh yeah wow okay oh yeah i'm like uh my partner says i'm an old man from the 70s um so (laughs) i kind of am shampoo Um, harold and mod oh i yeah yeah and like being there and uh harold and mod's one of my top faves i mean i talk about maintaining a tone right yeah um, yeah, so like, yeah, that was very much a part of it. And then um, through a job I had, I met Justin um, Petricolo, who was the DP and co-producer. And his partner, Laura Haas, uh, is like an art director, like designer, artist, person. And she's brilliant. Um, and so we brought her in to kind of do um, some of the production. Well, she did the production design. We sort of like collaborated on um like she's she was amazing at like interpreting bless you she was amazing at interpreting like um my sort of um vision and 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 finding ways to make it work which is just all you can ask right it it was really she was really great um but where we so like um we had just moved into this apartment that we're in now um this actually was the sort of (laughs) like uh like craft services slash green room slash whatever yeah um and then um yeah so we we just before we like sort of put all our stuff in and like got it together we just like got it ready as a set yeah um and uh, my partner alex's office um is where we shot the uh the first scene where they're talking to the banker and I was like, would you mind if we like paint your wall like green and like do some like hideous like wood paneling? Yeah. Like, um, and it was actually Laura Haas's idea to have the uh, the nameplate that said Ben Kerr as the banker, um, which is one of my favorite jokes. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. And then um, we, for the office scene, um, we shot at a place called Brooklyn Creative League, which is like a co-working space. And they were very, very generous uh, letting us uh, use that space for a whole day. Yeah. So, like, so lots of uh, brown, Mm-hmm. Lots of black, like like the, the not really much primary colors in your in your film. Like mm-hmm. the TV, even the TV station which is like brown and yellow. Mm-hmm. Everything's beige, you know what I mean? Like it's like a yeah. very like that's your style, I guess. That's what you're that's what you're going for in the film. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like to your point of like the sort of archaic technology that they use, it's like like I wanted people to sort of have that subconscious feeling of like this is this is sort of like reality, but just a couple dials yeah, off. Yeah, gotcha. Um, where it's like you know, they read books like this, you know, like they hold it out right in front of their eyes, flat, like yeah. it's, you know, um. And, and it's like, mm-hmm, people don't read like that, or like people don't talk like that. And like, why is there, why are there telephones and boom boxes? Yeah. But um, yeah, I was definitely sort of inspired in a sense from uh, in Royal Tenenbaums, how uh, Wes Anderson has um, 
you know, like gypsy cabs and telephones and all these things. And, yeah. and he's never specific about what city they're in or when this is. There's yeah, there's like a there's like a famous story where he's shooting on if I don't know if you knew oh you, you actually you, sorry, you live in New York City. So he he's uh he's down on the at the at the docks where like the Statue of Liberty is, right? Yeah, yeah. Gene Hackman's character and they they deliberately left out the Statue of Liberty and Gene mm-hmm. Hackman is like so mad at him. He's like, I don't yeah. know why are we shooting here if you're not showing the Statue of Liberty? Why you like, he didn't understand the tone of the film, right? Yeah. Like what Wes Anderson was doing. And he's like, and he's br- obviously he's brilliant in the film, Gene Hackman, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But it's like, he didn't understand the film, what he was trying to do. But it's like the, the jump on what you're saying. It's like, they're just like, yeah. they're, they're not in in our world, I guess, right? Exactly, exactly, and I, and I love that story. I think it was like the um, when, the graveyard scene. I think they shot it near like Battery Park or something. So like it was like this beautiful, like perfect shot of the Statue of Liberty, and he's like, "Nah, not on my watch. We're not gonna let people know where they are." Like it's it's which I adore because it's such a specific choice. Yeah, and like um you know, reading things like that and reading things from, from direct other directors that I love, like Sidney Lumet or, uh, Sidney Pollack, both great Sydneys. Um, (laughs) um, and, and really like reading their, um, their process was very helpful for me. Um, uh, and, and, and sort of making distinct choices, um, because, you know, as I'm sure you're familiar with, it's like directing is so much just making very specific choices um with whether it's framing or tone or whatever it is it's like it's like you have to be very decisive yeah. um so yeah yeah and then like like you were talking about like a set everybody was comp like was uh was basically had confidence in you so your cinematographer did you guys like storyboard things did you shot like in terms of like preparation did you, did you have everything the shot list like what was your relationship with it because it's all it's a basically a film it's all everything's on your tripod right there's really not much movement or like handheld or like obviously steady cam I guess right yeah yeah I mean we used the slider um for a few things um but yeah it was mostly just a rig um uh like a pretty steady rig yeah um that we used but yeah we um yeah we storyboarded I had I had lots of like thoughts about about how I wanted it to look and you know I was very very lucky that Justin like was someone that that um got it right away and was able to um interpret uh what I was saying into like a cohesive kind of kind of thing so we did this sort of ballet of like walking around the apartment and like well from this angle it looked like this and he brought his his camera and lenses and stuff and uh and we took pictures of like everything and so it was very very planned out um that's just something i i really believe in is is like especially when you're doing like a short film but mm-hmm. really anything that's independently produced it's like you want to do as much research and prep work as possible so that on those shoot days you're like moving you know because yeah. there's lots of there's lots of setups in your film yeah. lots of lots of uh like it's like you said you're like two two people are talking so you're getting coverage for both and so there's a lot of work involved. So I'm curious, how long, how many days did you shoot this? We literally shot it in three days. Wow. <laughs> and um, 
uh, yeah, uh, two days at the apartment and then one day at, at the office. And uh, there were about 10 hour days and we made our days every, every day, um, which was great. Uh, finished right on time. Um, and um, yeah, uh, it was, you know, um, just looking at the shot list and trying to like get through it. Um, but like, I think that it was the rehearsals and the um, and all just all of the prep work that we did on the um, side of the the technical side, you know, with the crew and everything that I think that it 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 really um, we didn't we didn't need to do too many too many takes. I think we did maybe like th maybe three takes of in every setup. Wow. So then, so to tell me about the editing process then. So yeah. we're. So you're sitting down uh, and watching your footage. Are you, are you what's your what's your feeling? You're happy. You're like, oh, we got a film here. Like, what's your level of uh, level of excitement or or, or not yeah. excitement? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. At first, it was like you know before it's color corrected and it's just this raw footage, and and I'm like, just really uh, poor Justin. I really made him go frame by frame almost in the editing bay and be like what if we cut it this like 0.2 seconds at this point yeah. and then we use this other take right here and like I mean just as like um an example um like cinematographer was your editor as well yeah yeah which is I think a really good combo yeah absolutely it's very common uh, yeah yeah um and so um as an example like um when they're in the office scene and they they meet this guy Harold Nimsby and um <laughs> And Camille takes a book off of his um, uh, desk. He he improvised the line, "That's my stepdad's," but we only had um, a take. Uh, we we didn't have a take of him saying it. We just had sort of the audio because we were getting a different coverage at that time, and it would look really weird <laughs> if we did it um, kind of with the footage that we had. So. So I was like, mm, I really want to keep that line because it's so silly. So like, so we we would have to like troubleshoot things like that. Like, how do we, can we just overlap that like as the running, you know, and things like that. Um, but yeah, we were, we were very specific. And um, I think that, that the fight scene, um, I call it the fight scene. Like it's not West Side Story. It's yeah. too well done <laughs> in the closet. Yeah. But um, they, um, um yeah, they, um, at first Justin like chose a take that was like, um, Molly was hiding her face with her cape at different points. Yeah. And, um, and I remembered um, actually calling back to what we mentioned earlier, this thing that Sidney Pollack said where um, he said that he felt like the reason Barbara Streisand didn't rent, win an Oscar for uh, the way we were was because she covered her face in the crying scene when she's on the phone crying to Hubble. Yeah. She was nominated, but she didn't win. And honestly, she should have, but that's neither here nor there. But like, um, and so I always remember that I'm like, yeah, like don't cover your face in these very emotional scenes. So I, I thought of that and I was like, okay, do we have another take? Uh, you know, let's look at the other takes of that. And so we did. And then it became this perfect sort of girl fight. And we called Laura in too, his, his partner that was also the production designer because uh, I was like, I was like, Laura, like, this is a girl fight, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, we've all been in this fight. Yeah. Like, everyone, every girl has experienced, like, this, like, you're not nice kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, 
almost like almost like um um lena dunham's showgirls where they have like these very silly arguments um back but i think the difference is, is that these characters are uh are, are the, we we are emotionally involved with them? They're nice people. They're like yeah. there isn't a, a like a tinge of narcissism to them. They're they're ignorant, of course, but mm-hmm. like maybe not the smartest either. <laughs> but they're yeah. Like they're very sweet and and good people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of roots for that. It's a good way of comedy. It's like there there's like there there there's the asshole kind of comedy, and then there's like mm-hmm. the the lovable person that we follow comedy, and that's what you made, yeah. right? So. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's um, it was really just you know, um, my favorite kind of films really are the ones where there's outsiders that band together, like yeah. weirdos that find each other. Whether that's like Moonrise Kingdom or Harold and Maude, or um, even like Elf, or you know, just two <laughs> two kind of like weird people that find each other, yeah. and 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 mm-hmm. and in that like have have a connection, have a family, have a um it's us against the world kind of thing. Um, so I, I, yeah, yeah. I wanted it. I wanted the characters to be people that, that you really love and are rooting yeah. for because it's like, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't get as much the anti-hero thing. I'm like, I get it. But like, also, isn't it more fun to love your characters? <laughs> That's what you do in your film. And the, just to jump back for a second, yeah, yeah. Your, uh, Justin, uh, your cinematographer mm-hmm. editor, I interviewed him a couple of back yeah oh awesome Dobbs uh, document we showed at our festival oh how cool he did this crazy documentary with this crazy guy who uh who basically makes all these films like makes all these albums like every two months Mm -hmm. yeah it's really like yeah so I just saw oh how funny the name sounded familiar and I yeah I just you're like "Mm, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, he's a very smart guy so it was a good collaboration that you had girlfriend was the production designer Mm-hmm. she did a great job too so you got a good team here good good actors like you're even your two actors like they got a future ahead of them like they're very funny people yeah thank you yeah they're they're incredible I love you know from Joseph Limus's like he was the the banker you know and he he was on screen for you know a couple of minutes but he steals the show in those couple of minutes and then you have Nick Mustad is the ghost and Julie Tran is Becca slash Chewbacca and yeah. Tim Dowd was Harold Nimsby and it's like I was really, really fortunate with that. Um, and then our line producer, Keaton Wooden, was awesome. He kept us, he tried to keep us under budget, um, which, you know, is impossible. But like, no, he's amazing. Uh, it was so lovely to work with. Um, and then uh, my partner, Alex, was also a producer on it. Um, we co-run my production company together. Oh, you well, you kind of, shout, in the blog interview, you kind of shout out that he kind of helps you with your... Uh... Your, your doubt, which we all have, your mm-hmm. son, the self-doubt, he kind of helps you guide that and, and uh, make sure you plunge ahead, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's awesome. It's um, uh, like uh, definitely the reason that I started doing this because we, uh, I realized we were like, run, the, t- the clock is running out, but um, I, um, yeah, we um, had brunch this uh in March of 2021. And, and that's when I was like complaining about like having to work in marketing and I didn't like it. And she said, what would you do if you could do anything? And I said, I'd make films. And she's like, well, why don't you? And I'm like, it's expensive and difficult and I've never done it before. And she's like, but what if you did it anyway? And I was like, what? 
like no one had ever challenged me everyone's just like yeah it is hard anyway yeah. I like there's a squirrel like you know and she's like no like what if you just did it and I was and so that like by the end of that week I had the first draft of paranormal healing done <laughs> that's amazing yeah it was pretty well, I think cool. I said I think I said he but I, I oh that's all right it's like yeah Alex is like a gender neutral name you know you never know who's on the other side of an Alex so then uh what did you think about the audience feedback video that we yeah saw? yeah absolutely um amazing amazing I mean uh, yeah I love hearing um people's reactions to to the film because whether it's, you know, um, because like for the most part, it's been people I, I know at least sort of tangentially like telling me what they think. And, and there's that gremlin in your brain that's like, that's just because you kind of know me. Yeah. Um, so having complete strangers be like, oh, I liked, these are the things that I liked and this is what stuck out to me and this is how I felt. It's like um, really lovely to hear that. And, yeah. and they were, you know, very, I, I felt like they were very honest and very, um, specific, which I love. I love specific feedback. Um, so yeah, uh, awesome. And yeah, uh, anyone listening that is, uh, considering, uh, you know, entering one of your festivals, like a plus highly recommended the feedback festivals. So you, and then thank you very much for that. So then you said in your blog interview that you're writing a feature now. So I'm assuming you want to direct the feature film. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's happening somehow. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty epic, uh, in terms of like being a period piece, it's set in 1967 and, uh, uh, there's a lot going on. So, so Alex is actually like, how am I going to produce this? <laughs> this is like an insane script. Yeah. But, um, you know, as we sort of alluded to earlier, I, I, I'm someone that's sort of connected to the 60s, 70s. So it's like, I, this just feels like a very relevant story that I need to tell um, because of the sort of parallels to today um, and, and how people, how art reflects culture and how art and the anti-war movement worked together back then. And I feel like um, it would be interesting if art today was as reflective of our culture as it was then, because, you know, we've been through a lot of trauma as a country um, with everything from, you know, COVID to capital riots to, um, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, protests. It's like, I mean, the world's kind of been on fire. Um, and yet, like most of the songs on the radio or like films that come out have nothing to do with that. Yeah. And I'm like, where's Bubbles? People want a distraction, you? right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, which makes sense. And I'm all for distraction. But at the same time, I'm like, can we can we talk about the elephant in the room? Because the yeah. elephant's on fire, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best. Congratulations. So uh, it's, like I said, it's a great film. It's like it really succeeds. And I hope that other festivals and in the future, what you want to do with this film uh, gives it a chance because it it really grows on you, the film. And it's like and it's fantastic performances, too. Like so kudos to. But I said it's, it's like you said, you're just a conductor, but nice production design. There's all these little subtle things in your film that 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 make a great film. So hope everybody gives it a chance because it's a it's a really good uh, comedy film. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's just nice to it's nice to hear when people people like get the the flavor of it, get the idea of like what exactly this weird weird world is. So, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. So let's talk again when you uh, make your feature film. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks. One, two, three, four, five.